Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. Folks, this week I want to talk about risks to feed prices for the South African livestock and poultry industry. Because this industry has had a difficult time over the past few years. There were various challenges uh, from external shocks, including uh, animal diseases and rising feed costs, which is the subject of today. And by feed costs, I'm mainly referring to yellow maize and soybean prices. Because if you think about the feed cost component, take, for example, in poultry in South Africa, roughly 70% of those uh, input costs, you find that it's maize and soybeans. So any changes in prices of these two commodities tends to have serious financial implications for the livestock and the poultry businesses. Now, the animal diseases issue has also been a major challenge. Uh, In some of the previous segments, we've discussed the issue of a foot and mouth disease impact to South Africa's cattle industry. And the animal disease didn't end with the foot and mouth disease. We saw African swine fever in the pig industry and, of course, various reports of the avian influenza. And all of these were presenting some challenges to this industry. But the most uh, significant one was, of course, in all of these, the foot and mouth disease, mainly because for the first time in South Africa, we saw it spreading to about six of our nine provinces. Now, that prompted the South African government working with the industry to really sit down to say, look, we have to collaborate and address these biosecurity risks. And there are various task teams working on that. And hopefully over time, we'll come up with some measures and making sure that we don't face as much of a significant risk as we did um, over the past two years. Now, the issue of the feed uh, cost has also been a problem because While South Africa has had four consecutive seasons of good agricultural harvest, the livestock and the poultry industry hardly enjoyed any of the gains of a large domestic harvest because the prices did not decline as they would typically do. Take, for example, from around about December 2020, yellow maize prices in South Africa broadly traded above 3,000 rand per tonne. And soybean prices also traded above 5,000 rand per tonne. Now, this is different from the past season's experience, where if we have a large crop, you would see prices, maize prices dropping to even levels around about 2,000 rands per tonne, or even below 2,000 rands per tonne for a moment. And of course, soybean prices also would trade somewhat below 4,000 rands per tonne. But this time around, we didn't see that happen. It was quite a different environment because prices continued to increase in the face of a large uh, domestic harvest. And of course, while this may be somewhat beneficial for the grain and the all seeds farmers, Um, because they have a big harvest as well as a reasonable higher prices. Uh, But of course, that doesn't mean that they themselves got a super rich because they were contending with higher input costs like higher fertilizer prices, higher agrochemical prices and the other things. But the broad point here is that while the harvest was large, the prices didn't go down. And of course, the livestock industry remained under pressure. One may ask and say, okay, but what's the issue? Why were the grain and oil seeds prices remaining elevated? And that's more of a global story. 
because we've seen since then there was a drought in South America over the past few years because this large domestic harvest was on the back of what we call the La Nina weather impact, which brought above normal rainfall in South Africa, boosting our domestic uh, crop. But if you were farming in South America, Brazil or Argentina, you really faced tough conditions because La Nina has an opposite impact there, which is drought. And in this season, they experienced really a tough drought, particularly Argentina, and that weighed on their crop and that presented upside pressure on the global prices. This is important because Brazil and Argentina make up roughly half of global soybean production and somewhere around about 15% or so um, the South America region of global maize production. So they, they're very important. And secondly, we had China continuously buying a lot of soybeans and a lot of grain, building up their reserves. That was a second factor that pushed up prices. And of course, during the COVID, there were supply chain disruptions that were also an issue in certain countries for a few months, starting to hoard some grain and closing their borders. All of these were disruptions that we've seen. And of course, then somewhere in the beginning of 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine and that war was an additional factor to all of the upside um, uh, uh, risks to prices that we're already seeing. Now, with South Africa as a small open economy, we're very interlinked to the global market and our global agriculture is also interlinked in that. And the increase in global prices is what you saw being reflected in the domestic market. And of course, that took away that benefit from the livestock and the poultry industry, a benefit of a large domestic crop and potentially softening on prices. So that's what really happened in a simplistic and a broad scale when we think about the grain prices and why they didn't come down and why there wasn't a much of a benefit uh, for the livestock and the poultry industry here in South Africa. Now, with the, the scenario has changed because if anyone looks globally and, uh, for example, you take a look at the FAO's global food price index, you'll see that it is down roughly 20% on a year-on-year -year basis. And we know we're closer to those peak levels that we had seen after Russia had invaded Ukraine in March 2022, where prices reached all-time high, some of these grain prices in that um, FAO global food price index. Right now, we see prices coming down. And of course, this is filtered in South Africa as well, because the South African grain and all seeds prices are roughly 15% lower compared to last year. So this is a benefit that the poultry and the livestock industry is finally enjoying after struggling with higher feed costs uh, for some time. But of course, this may not be felt that notably by the people that are in this industry, because as the grain prices come down, there's new uh, new uh, problems in the domestic market. Load shedding being one of those municipalities that are failing, uh, meaning that the businesses have to maintain certain basic services, take money that they would have invested in a business and invested in supplying services um, that would have typically been supplied by the municipality. So that's something else that is taking away the benefit of enjoying um, these prices that are finally starting to come down. And of course, it's a domestic issue on the prices because globally we see the prices coming down as the Black Sea grain deal that was reached between uh, Russia, Ukraine, facilitated by Turkey and the UN, um, has ensured that there's a movement of grain out of that Black Sea region. Even though this Black Sea uh, grain deal has a high uncertainty, Russia every now and then is threatening to withdraw from it and cause chaos in the Black Sea grain um, markets. But for now, as the grain is moving, that has been positive. 
And secondly, if one looks at what's expected on the global grain supplies, there's a notable recovery that we see in production uh, across the world. And I'll elaborate in a few of those numbers in a moment. So those are some of the things that are contributing to that downward um, trend in prices that, that, that we're seeing. And here in South Africa, of course, we also have a good crop because, I mean, if you just think about our maize crop, it's about 16.4 million tons. That's the commercial harvest up 6% from the 2021-22 production season. And it is the second largest on record, which means then for yellow maize, large supplies. And if you think about soybean, a record crop of about 2.8 million tons, up 24% year on year. So there is also a large domestic supply and combined with that declining global uh, price trend that is there. But now there is, of course, the new risk, which is why I made the point at the start of this podcast that I want to talk about the new risk to feed prices in South Africa. The new risk is the fact that we are transitioning to an El Nino phenomenon. An El Nino is an opposite of a La Nina for us, which means that there could be possibility of below normal rainfall in Southern Africa. And many people had feared to say, okay, will this not be as worse as what we saw in 2015-16? And I think if you scroll back into this podcast, you will find somewhere where I'm discussing specifically this point. And the point that I'm putting forward is that we do not think that this El Nino will be as harsh as the 2015-16, mainly because, I mean, the prospects are signaling that, that it may be a relatively weaker. There are some prospects that say that. And secondly, is that we're coming from a four years of good rainfall. The soil moisture in South Africa is good, and that will support domestic production. So we may not face what we had faced at that time, because in 2015-16, season prior that were slightly dry, and which is why then when the drought hit South Africa, it was as worse and it was also a harsh one. And the impact was more pronounced on a livestock death across South Africa, especially for new entrant farmers who struggled also to buy feed. So it was a very devastating situation. But I don't think we're going there. And the second point is what I referred to to say there's a lot of maize in the world market that is expected. I was just looking at the figures now from the International Grains Council, and they paint a really good picture of a global grain and the all seed supply in the 2023 and 24 season. And this points then, of course, to potential moderation of prices continuing um, in the trend that we are seeing. For example, Global maize production is expected to be at 1.2 billion tons. That's up 5% year on year. Uh, and, and that means then the stocks will also recover. They're expected to be somewhere around about 276 million tons, up 2% from the previous season. Now, when the stocks are like this, that signals a potential uh, continuous decline in prices because what we focus on is what the stocks will look like. Even if one looks at the soybean crop, is expected to be somewhere around about 402 million tons. That's up 9% from a previous season. Of course, this is supported a lot by a potential recovery in South America, Brazil, and Argentina with the La Nina weather phenomenon there. And this means that the global soybean stocks may improve by roughly 24% year-on-year basis. So this will be a good crop. But I must signal, though, that this is still early in the season because the crop that is underway is only northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere will start planting somewhere around about october in south africa southern africa uh, all the way in brazil argentina all of those countries so we'll have to be continuously monitoring to see how are the crop conditions are progressing but with all of the information that we have it does seem to us that uh, there will be a large crop and i mean it's not only a point of the international grains council because last week actually 
on the 12th of July, the United States Department of Agriculture released its flagship report, which is the World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates. That's the USDA WASDE report. The people in agriculture likes to say it is a WASDE day when they say that it's that report. And it too painted an even better picture than what the International Grains Council has painted. If you look at their maize production forecast, soybean production forecast, rice production forecast, wheat production forecast, all of that is pointing on an increase, which means we are transitioning to a season of abundance in the global grain supplies. If that happens and the expected crop materializes, then one would expect that global prices will continue to decelerate, even though I doubt that we'll go back to 2019 levels. And assuming that picture then, and considering the fact that the El Nino may not be as harsh in South Africa as in the 2015-16, one can make an argument that we will continue to be in a constructive environment in terms of the grain prices. The only risk that we'll have to monitor is, of course, the rent-dollar exchange in an event that we have to import anything that will be important. But as things stand, all else being equal, I still think that um, the risks are not as harsh as the 2015-16 um, uh, in as far as the feed prices. We will benefit from global supplies and the deceleration in prices and the domestic harvest may not be as bad. But this is something that we need to consistently monitor if you are l- observing or working in the livestock and the poultry sector. The feed cost thing is something that you need to, to, to monitor. And of course, I'll provide an update as the numbers get updated and anything changes. I'll come back to talk about that. I must say, though, and this is something I'll discuss next week, that in the near term, one may see grain prices starting to tick up a little bit because of India and its um, attempt to ban the exports of rice. They haven't decided on that, but they've signaled that they want to do that, um, largely because they are worried about inflation domestically and all of those things. And I don't know what inflation India is worried about, because food inflation in India is somewhere around about 4.6% or so. But that's a discussion for next week. I'll dive in, in, into that then. But for now, I wanted to talk about this feed costs um, uh, issue. And I should stop there for now. And my name is Wandile Sihlobo. I'm an agricultural economist based in Pretoria, South Africa. You can read some of the things that I write in my blog. I will put the list in the description of this podcast, which is wandilesitlobo.com, or some of our reports in the organization that I work for, which is the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa, www.agbiz.co.za. Uh, and then you can see more of some of the things that we have done. And of course, some of the podcasts that I've, referring, uh, I've referred to, they are available in this channel. You can check them out. Thank you so very much for listening. I'll come back with the India and the rice and the grain story next week. Thank you for listening. Oh, 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 oh,